So is your walk with God, your walk with Jesus, and your walk with the Holy Spirit all the same? Do you view them as three individual persons that you have a communication relationship with? Or do you look at the Holy Spirit differently than you look at God and Jesus? Well, this week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to continue our study on relationship with the Holy Spirit that we started last week. And we're going to be doing that right after this. Hey guys, welcome to another week of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host, and this is another episode of our podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying our study so far on the Holy Spirit. We're into session number four now. It's a continuation of last week's relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. First of all, get the uh, normal stuff out of the way. You can go check out our website, connectingthegap.net. Please share our podcast. We're on all the different podcasting platforms out there for the most part, all the big ones for sure. And uh, we also have a YouTube link and we also have a blog that I do each week. And all those links are there on the website. So please go check that out. Please share and help us spread the word here at Connecting the Gap, drawing others closer to Christ and everything that we do. So as I said in the intro, we are continuing our a section here on relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're into part two of this. We're going to wrap this up this week. Last week, we talked about how a lot of people look at the Holy Spirit just as a spirit. They don't really look at him as a person. And so therefore, they don't understand that in order to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's much like having one with Jesus and God, or much like having one with your spouse or your best friends. Every, all of those want communion with us. They want to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with us, and a partnership. And we need to make sure that whenever we approach the Holy Spirit, we approach that the same way. So if you would like, if you didn't get to listen to last week's and would like to catch up on where we're at at this point, then you'll need to watch that first so that you can kind of come on into this one and you can kind of see exactly where we're at in this. As we left last week, we were talking about the partnership part of the Holy Spirit, having that partnership with him. We talked about Abraham, you know, before God came down and decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, instead of just pulling the trigger and doing it, what did he do? He came down and talked to his partner, Abraham, and asked him about it. When Abraham found out what he was doing, he kind of bargained with God to an extent. And out of that discussion, God's whole approach changed with how he handled Sodom and Gomorrah because of the way that he talked to Abraham about that situation. We also talked about last week as we were leaving about Moses up on top of the mountain. The Bible says that God's mind was changed twice because of what Moses said. What we have to understand is that what God had with Abraham and what God had with Moses we still have that today with the Holy Spirit. We still have that type of relationship, and we know that prayer changes things. God moves through prayer. And so if we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, that one-on-one, person-to-person relationship, we can move mountains in a mighty way if we come to our relationship with the Holy Spirit from that angle. So as we're picking up here, we were talking last week about how when Jesus went away, he told the disciples that it was better for them that he left because Jesus up to that point had been supplying all their needs 
And he was, as I stated last week, paying all their bills for about three and a half years. They were kind of just hanging on to his coattail. And Jesus finally came to the point where he was leaving. He said, you know, I've got to go. And the reason for that is because if I don't, the Holy Spirit can't come. And so when Jesus went away, the Holy Spirit came. So we're going to pick up at that point and carry on with this with this study of the Holy Spirit. You, you may You may ever hear people say, I wish I could have walked with Jesus and I would have asked him so many questions. But when I hear people say things like that, and I've probably been guilty of saying stuff like that as well, the, the reality of that is, no, we probably wouldn't because we ignore the Holy Spirit. So why would we ask Jesus those questions? That's something to really think about as we start off this discussion for this week. If you felt like Jesus was walking here next to you, you know, you, do you think you would have a lot of questions to ask him? Well, in, in essence, he is still here. The Holy Spirit walks with us every day, and we don't even have communication like that with him. What Jesus said is he's going to be just like me. When Jesus left, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to be me here on this earth, the, the exact same situation. So why is it better that Jesus go away? Well, if you had to ask God a question, you would have to have went to Tel Aviv and found Jesus. Then you would have had to wait in line, as he would be the guy that has everyone around him, as the Bible states in many stories about Jesus. He's always surrounded by people. And if you waited your turn, even if you only spent 60 seconds with everyone that he talked to, you could be waiting for a very long time to get your opportunity to come up and talk to Jesus. He had to eat and he had to sleep. So when you finally get to him, you better have your question ready to go, as he only has so much time to spend with you. Well, the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, can have three million conversations going on with three million different people, all in different languages, on different continents, going on all at the same time. See, Jesus did his ministry through the Holy Spirit as well. He was truly part man when he was here on earth. That's why he said it's better if I go away. He also said that there were things that you can't handle, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you can handle it. So it's actually possible that to get to know him better would be if he went away than if he was actually here physically. The story of Peter, he walked with Jesus physically for three and a half years on this earth, yet Paul only knew Jesus through the Spirit. Yet Peter speaks in 1 Peter that Paul knows Jesus so well, his letters are literally blowing me away. Paul came to know Jesus better yet, Paul never walked with Jesus physically. He only came to know him so well through the Spirit, where Peter was going back to his physical time that he actually had with Jesus. So do you see the advantage that God has given us? That is why it is so much better that Jesus went away. Think of this term, close mutual association. What is that? When I say Ringo Starr, for all of you older people, what do you think of? He was a member of the Beatles. What about Curly, Moe, and Larry? I think about everybody's heard of them. They're the Three Stooges. There's a close mutual association. When I say Michelle, my wife, people that know her and me, they associate her with me. If someone totally ignores you, are you going to pursue that person or are you going to try to hang around them? Maybe as a Christian, you might do that. But who do you like to flock around? The people that like to be associated with you. Who are we created in the image of? If we acknowledge him, he likes to be around us. 
The third word that we were talking about in this, this word kononiah is intimacy. The Apostle Paul says, May the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Intimacy cannot be developed unless you have a relationship. You've got to have a relationship with someone if you're going to grow that intimacy between each other. But this goes way beyond fellowship. It goes to the thoughts, the secrets, and the desires of our hearts. Intimacy is the avenue to a deep friendship. He wants to be an intimate friend with us. The one who puts the stars in the universe with his finger, and he called them by name. He wants and he yearns to be a friend. In James chapter 4, verse 5, going back to the word, it says, The spirit who dwells in you yearns or longs for intensely and consistently, jealously for you. Do you think my wife would share with me the intimate secrets of her heart if I was pursuing another woman? Do you think that he is going to share the intimate secrets of his heart if you are pursuing a relationship with the world? It's kind of the same exact situation. You've got to think about that when you're running off doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing. In James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, If you are seeking a relationship with the world, you are an adulterer. An adulterer is someone that seeks to have a relationship with someone violating a covenant relationship with someone else. You may say, well, how can he yearn for me? I'm such a miserable person. Nobody likes to be around me. Well, you are basing that on your performance, and you aren't allowing the Holy Spirit to change you. You can't change yourself. You have to let him do it. That is what's called yielding to the Spirit. If we can yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit the way that he wants us to, he can create that new creature in us and that new person in us, and we will change our lifestyle and go in the direction that he wants us to go on a daily basis. In Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. These guys in the New Testament times, they knew him so well, so intimately, that they could represent what he wanted without him even speaking. It doesn't say he spoke. It says in the New Testament, they said that it seems good. I can walk into a room, and the air can be turned down to 55, and I can say, We need to turn that up, Michelle. She will be way too cold because I know her very well. I can be in a full room of people, and Michelle can give me one look, and I can write three pages about what she just said just by looking at me. You can be in that room and see that same look, and you can't tell anything. Why is that? Because I know her so well. Well, these guys in the New Testament, they could represent the Holy Spirit so well without him speaking because they knew him so well. That's the relationship that the Holy Spirit wants with you. If we are going to be effective in life in reaching this community, we have to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit. Now, in order to be intimate with somebody, how many of you realize that we need to be able to understand their personality? How many of you remember when Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John? 19 times in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, he says he him, and himself, referring to the Holy Spirit. However, the Greeks, if you go back to the original language, they have a unique pronoun that is gender neutral. We don't have that in the English language. In the English language, we have he, she, and it. He is a guy, she is a girl, it is an object or an animal. The Greeks have a pronoun that is gender neutral. It can refer to one guy or one girl. 
That's the pronoun that Jesus used all 19 times. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, the Hebrew writers had the exact same pronoun. Every time the Holy Spirit is represented in the Old Testament, that is the pronoun that they used, a gender-neutral pronoun. However, the Greeks wrote according to form. The Hebrews wrote according to function. Many times, the Hebrews, when they assigned an adverb or a verb to that pronoun, it was feminine many times in the Old Testament. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is a female. (laughs) What I'm asking is this. Who existed first, God or human beings? God did, right? In Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female. So in other words, females were created in the image of God as well as males. So what does that mean? There has to be attributes that we ascribed as being feminine that in God before we were even created. Because females couldn't be created in the image of God if there wasn't. So you have the Father, that's pretty obvious. You have the Son, that's pretty obvious also. Who's left? Who could carry what we ascribe to be feminine attributes? The Holy Spirit. And here's why I believe this to be true. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It's quite amazing. It does not say, do not grieve Jesus. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you look at the word grieve in Greek, lipe, it means deep sorrow or deep distress. If you look at the root word lupe, which means a pain that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. An example of that is, let's say my boys do something to my daughter. They do something, get in huge trouble, and I handle that incorrectly. I speak harshly to them. I'm super mean, and I you know, create an issue there between me and my kids. Well, my kids may get past, of that, past that tomorrow. They may be fine. Michelle, she may hold that against me a little bit longer because she's a little bit more intimately involved in that relationship with the kids. You know, I deeply sorrowed her. So it would take her longer to get over that. Well, looking at this scripture in context, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and healthy. Let your words be encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And then he goes on to talk about rage, anger, and harsh words. He is deeply grieved by the way we talk to one another harshly. Well, isn't that interesting? You know, my sons, they got over it. My wife, because of her personality, makeup, and traits, she might be grieved for a couple of days. Let me give you another reason why I believe the Holy Spirit carries the attributes of what we ascribe to being feminine. You can talk bad about me. You can cuss me. I'll forgive you. You talk bad about my wife. You cuss my wife out. You're in huge trouble with me. (laughs) Look at what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 31 and 32, It says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man or Jesus is going to be forgiven of him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either this age nor the age to come. The Father and the Son are protective over him like a husband would be protective over his wife. They are saying, don't you dare speak against him. Why? Because he can be so easily grieved. In Hawaii, if a juvenile commits a crime, The first detective they want on the scene is a female, not a male. The reason for that is in studies, they have found juvenile criminals respond better to a female officer than to a male. Or putting it simpler, when you were a little kid and you got hurt, who did you run to? 
mom or dad, almost every time we would run to mom because she's the comforter of the family. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter by Jesus four times. Why is wisdom referred to as she nine times in the book of Proverbs? He is called the spirit of wisdom. This elevates the worth and value of women when you understand this. Only religion degrades a woman. Christianity builds a woman. She is created in the image of God and is a joint heir with him, just like us as males. The best person in the Bible that represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible is probably David. He was a mighty man on the battlefield and everyone feared him. But in his interpersonal relationships, he was always talking about crying. He said to Jonathan, his best friend, your love's better to me than any of my wives. What guy says that? I mean, he, he's very tender. He's sensitive in his relationships, but yet on the battlefield, he is a mighty warrior. You look at the Holy Spirit. He is called the spirit of might because he manifests himself as a mighty rushing wind. But in his interpersonal relationship, he is tender like a woman. This is why many women connect up with him much easier than men do. If we are going to be effective in life and reaching this community, we have to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus waited for 30 years until he was filled with the Spirit before he started his life's work, how much more do we? Many people shy away from the Holy Spirit because of the way he was represented in the charismatic move. But can I say something? Nobody can detect weirdness better than a child, but yet kids jumped in the lap of Jesus, and nobody yielded more to the Holy Spirit than Jesus. I love this study because it really reaffirms in my spirit who Jesus Christ, who God, and who the Holy Spirit is, and what each of their uh, jobs really are in our walk with them as Christians. Never, ever think that the Holy Spirit is not important. Don't think that we don't need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit on on a daily basis in our Christian walk with God. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity, not an it. We need to form that relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like we do God and Jesus, just like we do other people around us. We need to have that intimate relationship, that compassion for others. Let the Spirit guide us in all that we do and understand that right now, that intercession that we have between us and God That goes through the realms of the Spirit. He's the most important thing in our lives right now as we walk this earth. So I hope that through this study that you have been able to understand and come to realization why the Holy Spirit is so important, why the Holy Spirit needs to be in our lives like it does, and hopefully you will take steps to firm up that relationship and that foundation under you with the Holy Spirit as He walks with you on a daily basis and understand that we need to communicate We need to have that communication with the Holy Spirit, just like we do our friends and our family. He is part of our family in the family of God. Well, I hope you guys uh, got something from these last couple of sessions. Next week, we're going to talk about four different types of tongues. We know that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not all of the gifts, there's many gifts the Holy Spirit gives us, but one of them is speaking in tongues. Starting next week, we're going to talk about four different types of tongues that the Bible talks about that we should have as believers. So we'll get into that next week on Connecting the Gap. Go to connectingthegap.net, check out my website. All my resources are there. Please share and uh, help me spread the word to others. Everyone needs to hear about God and Christ, and we have a tool here that we can do that with. 
And I thank you so much for joining and partnering with me in my ministry, Connecting the Gap. I'm out of here until next week. You guys have a great blessed week, and I will talk to you next week on Connecting the Gap.